Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah. I'll be reading chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of our Lord. Our epistle reading this morning is from Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, and now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became, became, became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. We have, uh, I talked last week about how it felt like from November 1st, the day after Halloween, immediately the, the, the culture was Christmified. I saw Santa at the mall on December or November 9th. He may have been there before then. I just happened to see him on November 9th, and I was appalled. Just kidding. I've seen Santa around a lot this weekend. He's, he's out and about. The whole culture at this point is on a really fast-moving train straight to Christmas Eve. And it tells us that everything about this train is about consumption, about consumption of presents and goods and consumption of food and drink and consumption of all of the material of the earth. It's full of parties and busyness, of activity, decorating and baking and all of that stuff that we fill this time with. And here comes the church and says, yes, there is this train, but we're going to invite you to an alternate track, one that lies alongside the culture's bullet train and puts you on a train that is much more slow-moving, a train that is about mystery. We slow down in the church year at this time of year. We put on purple in our pyramids, because purple in, in the church is a symbol of repentance. As the prophet Isaiah, uh, we, we read a lot from the prophets during this time of year, and Isaiah 
begins with this call to an alternative vision, to a vision of, of turning swords into plowshares, a vision of the world at peace, a world that we call the kingdom of God. A kingdom, the kingdom of God is not like the kingdoms of our world, and it's not about the politics of our world, and it's not about the wealth and powers that be that we uh, serve in our society, but rather the kingdom of God is this countercultural, counterintuitive place where the lowly are lifted up, where the powerful are brought down, where God's people live at peace with one another, where the wolf and the lamb lie down together, where all of God's people live at peace. And it always sounds a little pie in the sky when we talk about it, and people can dismiss it and say, oh, that's just churchy talk. And that's fine if you want it to be just churchy talk. But I believe it's better than the talk that we hear out in the news. I believe it's better than the talk of the warmongering that we hear. It's better than all of the the nonsense that we hear, even the nonsense that our culture that tells us that Christmas is about, and it is all nonsense. Whatever, whatever you read, all the ads that you saw on the paper, that has nothing to do with Christmas. The church invites us to this other world, this world where the kingdom of God is at hand, and it is countercultural. It is a different time and a different space. And so in the, in the church, we kind of slow down and we sing these songs of longing. We say that the world right now is not as God would have it to be. Our world is full of poverty. Our world is full of greed that creates poverty. Our world is full of violence and despair, of cruelty. It doesn't take much to admit that, to say that. We just have to be honest, to snap out of our denial. And the church invites us to say, that is happening, and God is inviting us to something else. God is inviting us to a whole new way of being. And we've been saying this for 2,000 years. And some people dismiss it and say, well, that's just idle talk. But I'm going to invite all of us into this sacred season of Advent to imagine what the world might be like, what our lives might be like, what this church might look like if we were to live in God's kingdom, if we were to choose the parallel track, to choose the track that leads us in the ways of peace and love and kindness and mercy, if we were to choose the path that leads us to the ways of justice and compassion the season of Advent is, is, I think, my favorite in the church year, partly because it, it, it sort of reminds me that this choice to be a Christian is different than just the choice to be uh, a part of American Christianized culture, that our choice is a different one. We are in a, in a season of repentance, a season of reflection, a season of stillness, of quiet of mystery, on reflecting on what does it mean that God chooses to come down in the midst of all of this darkness, in the midst of all of our injustices, in the midst of all of our 
paths that aren't of God. And in the middle of that, God comes among us. God comes within us. God comes as Emmanuel, God with us. As we begin this season in the church here and as we begin this time in our own lives, I want to invite us to observe the season of Advent, different than the 25 days before Christmas, but the season of Advent, to set aside some time each day just to be quiet and in the presence of God, to reflect on God's kingdom, the true kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this world, but what does it look like to be a part of this kingdom? What does it look like for us to be citizens of a land where God's grace and peace is known? What does it look like for us to repent of those things in our lives that are not of God and to allow for God's grace and peace and hope to fill us? We begin at the table today. I invite you to this table, to a time of awakening to God's spirit In the Isaiah passage, the Isaiah passage ends with, come into the light. The Romans passage calls us to awaken, to awaken out of the numbness and the busyness and the craziness, but to awaken to something deeper and truer. And so as you come to the table today, come to the light. Open your eyes, be awake. Be awake to what God might do for us in this season what God might do in your own heart, what God might do in the life of this church, what God might do to bring forth light and hope and peace in the midst of all that it goes on in our world. Let us pray. Gracious God, the season of Advent is countercultural. It is a time that stirs us, that awakens us, that calls us to a time of peace and hope, of light and joy in the midst of the darkness of our world. And so, God, we pray that you would come among us, dwell with us, show us, God, how we might walk in your light, how we might turn our swords into plowshares, how we might be people of grace and peace and hope. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.